I was at an amusement park. Uh, I won't tell you which one, big Mickey ears, but uh, I was at an amusement park just really en enjoying myself and just with, with good friends. And that's what made the, 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 the day fun. I was with good friends. But I wasn't on this particular ride because this particular ride, it's not that it just went fast, but, you know, sometimes I don't do well with, with rides. And so I, was, I walked around and did some things and just waiting for the, the guys to get off uh, get off the ride, and, and as I went to the, uh, the exit point where everyone started getting off the ride, I, I sat there, and I, I love people, and so I just was watching people. People watching is the best thing about a amusement park. And so I was sitting there watching people, and people were getting off the, the, the ride, and I noticed they, they came out in clumps. They came out in, in, in connections, families, whatever they are, you know, whatever the relationships, they, they came out, and, and I was just, there was a general thing like, wow, wasn't that amazing. Wasn't that the best? You know, they were excited and they were thrilled. And I always had a chuckle if the ones came out saying, this happened to me, this happened to me. And it's like, yeah, I was right there on the ride with you. But, but they were talking to each other about the rides. But there were other things. There were other uh, groups, sounds that I heard as they came off. One was, uh, it wasn't real common, but it's like, Oh, I'm glad that's done. You know what I mean? You know, it's like it's like they're just sort of just barely at the edge and looking a little greenish. And so there's there were some groups like that. There was there's other groups that uh, more than one they came off and they and, and you hear this sound. You oh man, I forgot my sunglasses because evidently you take them off and put them somewhere. And then not long after that, it's, oh man, I forgot my hat. And it, and it affected the whole thing. I mean, they were coming out, they were excited, and now it's like everyone's like, well, is there a lost and found? Should we, should we go back? And, and they all said, no, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like I am not going back in that line or whatever to get sunglasses or get a hat or get any, 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 anything like that. But what struck me as this was happening was something that God had already stirred on my heart about the circle of, of sound that's around us. And we have a circle of sound, each one of us in our families, in our business, at work, communities, friends, neighborhoods, whatever, uh, even church. We have a circle of sound that surrounds us, that we're either a part of, that we're listening to, or that we're putting out. And I want to talk uh, about that circle of sound because I think it's something that's important for us to, to look at. Because one of the first questions I have is, in your circle of sound, what does that sound like? For your family? What does that circle of sound sound like for in your business? What, did, what, what kind of sound? Is it getting off and saying, hey, this is exciting, you know, this, or is it, oh, this is really hard, or I lost this, or I'm feeling a little sick? What is this circle of sound that's surrounding you? I want to start this morning with, I just love this verse. It's one of, it's just, I, oh, okay, I often say it's one of my favorite verses, and they all are, that's true. But this one is, is unique in what it does. And it is a most amazing verse because what it promises. So much so that we go, I don't know. I mean, I know it's God's word and so it's true, but do I really believe it for me? Do I really believe that this is what God is saying to me, that this is what God has for me? So I want you to look at, and let me read it first and then we'll break it down. First Timothy chapter 4. Verses 15 and 16. It says, be diligent 
in these matters. So he's talking to Paul, talking to Timothy, saying, hey, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to understand as you reach people. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine, what you believe, basically, very, very, very closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, here it is. Here's the catch that will just blow you away. If you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. What? <laughs> Did you hear what that just said? Did you hear what God's Word is telling us this morning? If you, if you understand and if you, this verse and follow the steps of, of what God lays out to us, you will not only save yourself, but you're here. Your circle of sound, those that are around you, those that hear you. And, it's, and that's so crazy because you think, well, no, I just do me and that's them. But you don't understand the influence that you're having and the lives that you're, you can touch with the people that, that are out there. <laughs> that that it, it, it's not just uh, uh, what you do, but it is something so much greater. It says, be diligent. Be diligent. Uh, that's simply... We must live intentional. This life we live has to be intentional. It's just not like, well, God saved me, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, so I'm going to skippity-doo down the road, have a good old time, and just love my life. No, 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 no. Our life, our calling, everything about us must be intentional. We must be diligent means to be intentional. I have a goal. I have a, a direction. Goal, sorry, my Texas accent comes out. <laughs> I have a someplace I'm going <laughs> Some place that I'm, there, there's a reason, there's rhyme, there's purpose. And you see, we live in a world without purpose. Or they have such uh, meaningless purposes. My purpose is to make a lot of money. Well, good luck with that. Because anyone that does that is always very, very happy and never has a care in the world. That is, that's not true. Or, or my, my purpose is to, whatever it is, <laughs> just fill in the blank. And you realize that's not it. But our goal, our purpose, why we're doing that, why we're prospering, why we're growing and doing things like that, our goal has to be very intentional. I need to do the things that's going to help me grow. But it also says, so that they can see your progress. So we have to keep progressing. <laughs> we have to keep doing something. It's not enough to say, I gave my life to the Lord then, I did this and like that, and here I am. No, 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 no. I mean, the heartbeat of why we're even called Core Church is because God put on my heart, I want people to grow. I don't want you, if you're the same, a year from now as you are now, I failed. This is the body needs to grow. We need to continue uh, getting stronger. It doesn't mean we have a, a perfect year. It could be the, your worst year. But I guarantee you, if it's your worst year, you'll grow more than you ever will in your best year. <laughs> because there's something about that. We got to keep growing. We got to keep moving through this. We got to keep trusting God. It's a visible progress. People have to see you grow. You have to see you grow. If you're not growing, you get discouraged. So, what am I doing? What is this changing? This and I'm still dealing with this same thing. You, you can have difficulties, just don't have the same one forever. <laughs> you know, pick some new ones. <laughs> grow, grow, it, grow into something and see what God's trying to do in a, in a, in a different way. And it says you should grow and, and have progress in your life, 
and just being you. This is the life that we are around, the life that we have. Be better. Do better. You, you as a person, you and, and your relationships, and, and, and just be who you are. That's life and in doctrine, or literally what you believe. So be better in this world. Be better just as you grow, progress, and then you should grow in your doctrine. You should grow in your belief. You should grow basically in your theology and understanding who God is. Persevere, it says, which means don't give up on your progress. The persevered pertains directly in this verse to your progress. So keep persevering to grow. That's what Paul's trying to tell Timothy. Timothy's working as a young, young, young pastor with this very ungodly uh, area. And, 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 and Paul's saying, come on, I know you're young and I know you get discouraged and I know, but you've got an heritage, you've got, you got a truth. Keep growing, keep doing. This is what he's trying to encourage Timothy and I believe God's trying to encourage us to understand the same thing, to be to persevere in all, uh, all of this. If you do these things, and this is just crazy, if you do these things, you will ensure salvation for yourself. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means I'm just going to keep growing. That's the key. It really is, people. Am I better today? Am I growing? Am I trusting God a little bit more and a little bit more? And as you grow and you do a little bit more, this is what's going to get us there. This is what it's going to... But not only us, as it is evident that we're doing that, people just seeing this, or people that, here we go, that are in our circle of sound. Our circle of sound. That's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Understand our circle of sound. Understand what we're living with. See, you can make a difference. You can make a difference. Oh, and we'll just start with where really counts. You can make a difference in your life. You can. You can grow. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what is plaguing you. I don't know what you think you're thinking, because there's always something. And we just, and God helps us break through that, and as soon as we break through that, all of a sudden we think, yeah, but God, this is never going to change. God goes, I changed this, I changed this, I changed this, I'm going to change this. We've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep walking. We've got to keep believing in everything that, that God is doing in our life. Uh, because we have to be a a generation that makes a difference in our circle of sound, in our families around us. And you see, we live in a world, <laughs> in a generation, in a time of broken families, of broken, broken circles. I mean, if you listen to the sound of, those, of that circle sometimes, you'll think, that is messed up. Just turn on the news for 10 minutes. Okay, three minutes. And then you just think, man, wow, that's broken. That's wrong. That's not good. That's not healthy. Yeah, that sound's out there everywhere. That's the sound the world lives with. That's the only sound they understand, by the way. And that's why, okay, don't, don't blame the world if they get depressed. That's the sound they have. That's the only sound they have. We have a different sound. We're making a different influence in, in our circle around us, and we can, we can uh, uh, do this. We can see this. So I, I want to describe to you a family that was really broken. Because you might be thinking, oh, Greg, that's fine. You, you have a good family, and you can do that, but you don't know my family. You don't know how broken my family was. You don't know my circle of sound that I grew up in. <laughs> and I understand. Sometimes that's such a hard sound, and it echoes, and it's still in us. And all of a sudden, we start 
vibrating that same sound that we grew up with. I mean, how do I break that? How do I, how do I stop that? How do I change that? So I want to look at what I feel like was the most broken family. I mean, there's broken families everywhere through the Bible. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat it. It says, these people are perfect. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, this is wrong and messed up, and somehow God moved through all this. So I'm going to talk about Joseph and his family. So Joseph was one of 12 sons of Jacob. Jacob was one of the patriarchs, right? He, like, he was Abraham. He was, he was the son of of Isaac, who the grandson of Abraham. I mean, this is when they, when they say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It's all there, right? So he, if there's anyone that should be like blessed and have all this, it should be Jacob's family. <laughs> but now I'm just going to tell you and just hit on the actual words that you find in the Bible to describe their circle of sound that, that, that was around Joseph, that Joseph grew up with. It says that his brothers hated they hated, and it's not like, okay, I can't stand to be around you or whatever. They hated him. They could not stand him. It says that they did not have a kind word, not one kind word. And maybe that's the kind of family you grew up in. Maybe that's the kind of circle of, of sound you have. Well, there wasn't ever a kind word. That's what Joseph had his whole life, almost probably from the day he was born. For some reason, it's like, well, you know, uh, they blamed it on that his father loved him more and all that, but yeah, no, no, no. It, this kind of deep-rooted pushback and, and hatred and not even a kind word ever, that means they couldn't even be civil. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, we try to at least be civil, right, <laughs> with our family, love our family, we just try to be civil and just try, let me just get through this day. Not even a civil day at Thanksgiving for Joseph. Nothing. Wow. That's what he grew up. It says that they were jealous. They were jealous of him. It says that they actually tried to kill him. Okay? That's another whole level <laughs> of, of broken sound, of a circle of sound. They tried to kill him. They threw him in the pit to kill him. That was their design. I, we're going to kill you. You are going to die. And the only reason they changed their mind is they thought they can get some money out of him. <laughs> so Joseph's in this pit pleading. You hear the sound of his pleas, guys. Come on, please, please. I'll leave, I'll go away, I, I, whatever, please, just nothing. They heard the sound of their brother pleading for his very life, and they ignored it. Knowing they sent him off into slavery, he probably very would die. Here's the crazy part. I, I wish I could just tell you the whole story of Joseph, but here's the crazy part. Joseph had a different sound. The circle of sound around Joseph with his family, not just, he had a, uh, a different sound, you know, people trusted him, people believed in him, even when he was a slave, and even when he was in prison, they, they, they trusted him, but with his family, he had a different, it's one thing, be nice to the people you work with, because you've got to work with, it's another thing to be nice to a family, <laughs> when you're surrounded with a circle of sound that's not healthy, Okay, listen, okay, I know, I'll get you somewhere. You just hang in there. <laughs> because this is what Joseph was dealing with. This is who he had. But yet, he had a completely different sound. How did he have a different sound? Let's just touch it a little bit. Because I believe it's going to change your life. I believe God's word is meant to always change our, our life. Here's a first thought. Our circle of sound must 
we must hear our passion. Our circle, our circle of sound must hear our passion. The people around you, oh, we're going to see our, they're going to visibly see our progress, and this all tie it back in to 1 Timothy. They need to see our progress. They need to, and we're going to save not only ourselves, but we're going to save them. How they need to see your passion. It can't be just words. Joseph, it says, fell on his brothers and kissed them. A holy kiss. And he wept, and he wept, and he wept because he loved them. They knew that. They saw that. They felt the tears on their shoulder from their brother who they had pushed off and treated so bad, weeping, weeping over them. It says in Genesis chapter 45, look what it says in, in verse 15, and he kissed all his brothers. It wasn't just like, you, you, you wanted to kill me, so I'm going to all his brothers and wept over them. Wow. Wow. Now, that's a circle of sound. They knew his passion. They, they, he was not just passionate because they're there. He's passionate because now he could save them. He realized what was going on. He was, he was passionate about their salvation. He was passionate about them turning around. He wept over them because he wanted them to succeed. He wanted them to be well. He wanted them to be whole. He wanted them to change. This is crazy. When was the last time you wept over your family? Not because they're stupid and they did wrong things. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> we weep over that sometimes. That's not what I'm talking about. But you wept over their salvation. You wept over their, you were passionate about them coming to know Christ. You're passionate about life changing. You're passionate about whatever it is for their salvation. When was the last time you wept over them? That's the circle of sound that will break through walls. And you say, well, they didn't hear it. Ah, but God does. God does. Let them see your progress. Let them see. It's not because they were really bad, but we're passionate for them. Do they hear condemnation? Or do they hear your passion? Do they hear your frustration at them? Or do they hear something greater, something better? You see, our passion has to bleed out of us. We're not, we cannot be impassioned Christians. <laughs> That's not the circle of sound. We can't just hold it all in. We have to be, I, I am passionate for your success. I am passionate for God to move in your life. I am passionate about that. And it will come, it will come in all kinds of ways. Words are good, but when it's attached to our passion, I really care. I really want you. You can read it in Paul, when he said, if it's possible, if it would do anything, I would give up my whole life with Christ so that my, all of my people can come to know him. And even said at the end, they, all, they will without that because Christ gave up his life for them. <laughs> but that's incredible. That's, that's passion. If, if, if all they hear is rejection or condemnation, then they're not going to change. But secondly, our circle of sound must hear are good works. They have to hear your good works. How do they hear good works? Your good works, your good deeds, your actions speak louder than words. You ever heard that before? <laughs> they, they, they really do. So make the, the, this long story very, very short. The, Joseph was 
lifted up into Pharaoh's court because he had this dream and he, he knew what was going to happen. Seven years of blessing, seven years of, of famine. And so Pharaoh says, it's yours. You got it. Make, make it happen. So he stocked up food. And then when the famine hit, it hit everywhere, all the way up into Israel. And so his brothers heard, hey, there's food in Egypt. That they're, giving, they're selling. They're not giving away. They're selling. Pharaoh was just like, more like a king until, until Joseph. Because after this, the Pharaoh owned everything, owned every land, everything. It was, he was like a god. And that was because of the way that God used Joseph. And so what happened was that the Israel uh, brothers came down and said, go down there and get some grain. And they go down there and they meet Joseph. And, and, and it, it, we'll jump ahead a little bit. Joseph reveals himself and weeps over them and tells them after a while, after he, he uh, knows who they are. They didn't recognize him at first because it's been 16 some odd years and he looks like Egyptian. He walks and talks. That's right. He was Egyptian, right? He was, he was Egyptian, and they, did, they, they couldn't tell. You know, he had the makeup on and all like that, I guess. You know. I don't know what Egyptian makeup looks like, but you know, there, there he was. But he revealed himself to them, and he says, Go down and tell my dad that I'm alive. Go down and say my words. Okay? So you take my circle of sound, which was very foreign to these guys, and you go take it. And you speak to my father and tell him I'm alive. So they, they run head on down there. And when they get down there, they say, hey, good news. We lied before. We're not lying now. You can trust us now. You couldn't trust us then. But I just want to let you know that, that Joseph, who we tried to kill, is alive. He's alive. And Jacob goes, wow, that's amazing. That's so good. I'm excited. No, because when you're covered, listen to me. When you're surrounded with a circle of sound that's broken and broken and broken, you can't even believe it. You can't even believe. Would God do that? Is that, is that, that, is it, is it that good? God would really bless me? God would really take care of me? God, God, we, we are surrounded with the world's circle of sound so much and it's so broken that we can't even believe the good thing. And the Bible says that he was uh, stunned. The literal uh, Hebrew word is, he was numb. <laughs> Boy, if that doesn't describe our world. I'm just numb. It's not going to happen. It always fails. It's not going to work out. Circle sound. Going around, going around. It's not going to happen. And they said, no, no. It's true. It's true. He's alive. It says, and I love it. I love it. One of my little favorite parts. It says that when Joe... When Jacob looked, lift up his eyes, and he saw the wagons coming. He saw the wagons and the uh, food and grain, and, and it, it said, like, donkeys were big deals. So all these donkeys <laughs> that Joseph sent back to Jacob, when he saw it, he said, he is alive. It really, he really is alive. And he says he, he revived. Why? Because he saw, not just hear, hear the words, because uh, that wasn't enough. He saw the works. He saw the wagons. Literally, the word is, there's not a word for wagon. It literally means anything that moves and rolls easily. When he saw the things that were coming into his life, when he saw the provisions, when he saw all this, everything changed. Everything moved. He saw the, the good things that were happening 
uh, in his life. It was just incredible. Uh, Genesis 45, 27, when, when they told him everything Joseph has said, and when he saw the carts, wagons, <laughs> it, Joseph, plural, it's <laughs> not just one. Uh, man, I can I do a whole sermon just on that. Don't just do a good thing and think, I'm good. No, 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 no. Your life has to leave, has to be surrounded with circle of good deeds and good actions and good intentions, surrounded by something that lifts up the carts. Joseph had sent to carry about the spirit of, the, of their, their father Jacob revived. You want to revive your world around you, your family, your neighbors, your community, your church? You want to do that? Then you have to carry with you not just good words. Words and actions that easily change. Matthew 5, 16. This is what Jesus said. He said, let, let your light shine before others. Let it shine before others. Let them, let them see it, that they may see your good deeds, your good works, your good actions. Let them see it. They have to see it. It doesn't say, let them see the good things you have to say. No. If they see your good deeds... Your love, your forgiveness, your kindness, your circle of life around them. Let them see that. <laughs> they may not believe anything about God. They may not believe anything about Jesus. They may have rejected him. But let them see your love, your kindness, your caring, your passion for who Christ is. And let them see that. It changes everything. If they see that, watch this. Here it is again. Same thing. Jesus is like, it's like the Bible is all one book. It's amazing. Jesus says, and they will glorify your Father in heaven. They will glorify your Father in heaven. They will, see, they will see what you are not just saying, but what you are. They have to see our good works, people. We will change this world. We will change this community. We will change everything around us if they see our good works, if they see who we are. You see, your heart might be shiny and great, but if the window is dirty, they don't see it. They don't see it. You see... We need to build some wagons that will carry our circle of sound. Did you just catch that as a metaphor? Stay with me. You need to, we need to build some wagons. We need to build some wagons that will carry our, 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 some, some deed, some action. If you're finding out no one's listening to me, then I'm talking to them, then, then put some deeds, some wagons that you've built with your deeds. Everyone follow me. Everyone understand what I'm saying. That will change everything. You see, our circle of sound must hear God's plan. They must hear God's plan. Because we got plans for people. I, you got to do this, and you got to be here, and do this, and stop doing that, and act like this, and like it. We got plans. Don't we have? We got plans. We can fix the world if they just listen to us. You don't feel that way? Sometimes we feel that way. We have plans. We have things, but they need to hear God's plans. <laughs> See, the brothers only saw their bad plans. But in, in, in one of the great verses, it says, uh, Genesis 50, verse 20, you intended, Joseph said to his brothers, you intended harm. You intended harm. Your goal was harm. But God had a different goal. God had a different plan. God had a different sound. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What's being done? The saving of many lives. Why? Because it's not 
their plan, it's God's plans. It's not their intention, it's God's intentions. Allow God's intentions, God's plan to touch your people, to touch your world, to touch your family, to touch your community, to touch everything, and it will change everything. They intended evil, God intended good. You see, our circle of sound needs to hear that no matter what, what God intends. Are you telling them what God intends? Well, what God, God intends to bless. God intends to heal. God intends, I have good plans for you, plans to have you prosper. That doesn't mean everything is it's going to be perfect in their life. That, you understand what I'm saying? It just means that's God's intention. If you stop living in the pig pen, you have a home that you can go back to. Okay? If you stop doing this, God has good plans. God doesn't want you to live in the pig pen. God doesn't want you to be that prodigal son that rejects the very thing that the father has. Just go home. Just go home. See, the world only sees evil plans. So they only think evil. Don't be surprised when the world acts like the world. How many times have I said that? Don't be surprised. The world is... All they hear are evil intents and evil plans. That's all they think of. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be. In the days of Noah, was marked by every intent and thought was evil. And this is our world. But <laughs> we have a different plan. We have God's plan that can make all the difference in the world. We have to give a different plan. See, God has a different plan for you. God's plan isn't for you to do drugs and die. God plan isn't for you to be overwhelmed by this addiction or that addiction. God's, God has a different plan. Tell them the plan. Tell them God's plan. Tell them God loves them. Tell them how God can change their life. Tell them that. Does your circle hear God's plan? Are they hearing God's plan? And last thought. I'll end with this. Our circle of sound must hear they must hear this. This is key, absolutely key. Generational promises. They must know generational promises because they are from God. See, remember what I said earlier that they didn't even have a kind word for Joseph? He grew up his whole life not even with a kind word from his brothers. That was his circle of sound. But now, I love it. It says that Joseph spoke kindly even though that wasn't part of what he grew up with. He gave it back. He spoke kindly. He gave them hope. I love Genesis 50, verse 21. Look, at it says, Don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children and your children's children and generations to come. I will provide for you. And he assured them and he spoke kindly to them. If there's ever a verse in the Old Testament that sounds like Jesus, it's this one. If there's ever a verse, you can almost hear Jesus saying these words. Oh, wait, he did. <laughs> do not fear. Do not doubt. I will provide for you, not only you, but your children and your children's children, if you trust me, if you believe in me, if you, if you allow me to be there for you. And he assured them and spoke kindly to them. I love that. I love that. Is your circle of sound filled with generational promises? Because, you know, in the end, people go, no, 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 because they don't know. It's not just you. It's your children and your children's children and your children. We need, to, we need to help people understand this is a generational promise that God has. 
for everything that God's trying to do in their life. Let's build some circle of sound that touches generations to come, to touch our children, to touch their children and their children. That's what God wants to do. Do you receive the word this morning? Come on, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, change the circle of sound that bounces around in our head, that comes from our mouth, that comes from our words, that comes with our actions into something that will touch and change the world around us. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just touch every single person. If there's anyone in the sound of my voice, anyone watching online, anyone in this room that has not fully given their life to you so that you can change the sound of that of that uh, in their heart, Father, that, that sound that comes from you. God, I pray you do that right now. Father, we pray together, forgive us of all of our sin. We accept you into our life, anew and afresh. We want to hear your sound of life and hope and promises that will change and touch a world around us that's absolutely lost without it. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, touch, touch, touch. Let him hear that sound. Let it maybe start with a gentle whisper. Oh, I love you. I'll forgive you. God cares for you. And let it grow into actions that will actually change not only this generation, but the generation to come. We pray for that in the name of Jesus.